0: And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. It's the best friends forever! Best friends
1: forever! And with that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. Here is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. This is the Fantasy BFS. What's happening, Frankie?
2: Greg, okay, there's actually a lot happening right now that we need to talk about. Obviously, everything that's going on with Antonio Brown and football is back, Greggy. The first game, it kicks off the 100th anniversary of the NFL, one of the longest rivalries in the history of the sport. The Bears and the Packers tonight. We'll preview all that. Injury updates, Antonio Brown. There's a lot going on. How are you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing great, man. Feeling good, feeling strong, ready to rock. We got NFL football tonight,
2: baby. Let's go. I just sleep last night. I so slept great. I've been me too. Really, I've been sleeping really, really well recently. Yeah, I Poland, I, Poland did something to me, man. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sleeping been great. great.
1: I, I think football season is open to me where I was working <laughs> a lot and I was really, really tired. This guy's worn
2: down. He's in bed by 10 p.m.
1: Uh, no, last night because I was at to Jersey, remember, for this oh, wedding right, thing? Right, right, right. So I was in Jersey last night. Uh, we didn't get home until like 9.30 and I had dinner. So I got home at 11. Yeah, it's so a late had, dinner. This is, what, this is what's happened in my, <laughs> in my household now. We get home like, into my apartment like 11 o'clock-ish. We hang out like, on our phones on our couch at like 11.20. It's 11.21 exactly, right? She was like, I know it's late. Can we just like watch Hard Knocks? And I'm like, I heard it's like really boring. Like I'm really tired. Come on, like, it's the season finale. Can we just watch Hard Knocks? Like there is a hundred percent chance I fall asleep on the couch. I don't care. I want to watch it. All right, we watched Hard Knocks.
2: They just missed out on all the drama too. Yeah. Why couldn't Hard Knocks have one more episode? It didn't matter. They wouldn't have showed you crap anyway. Yeah, we were talking about this downstairs. That's so disingenuous too, right? Like we know that there's like a documentary style show going on. It's a promo. It's a promotional vehicle for the NFL. I understand, but yeah, I'm sure they wouldn't have had footage of uh, Antonio Brown trying to strangle Mike Mayock, Greg.
1: Probably not. No, they probably would not. They probably would not show. Although, that. I would like to watch that. That's get, very entertaining. Let's get right into it because the news broke uh, about an hour ago now, and that's the fact that Antonio Brown uh, may very well be at risk of a suspension by the Oakland Raiders here, as he was fined by the, by the Raiders for not practicing, not showing up. And he basically posted on Instagram he'd take these fines and kiss my ass. And Mike Mayock, well, he didn't like that, and he told Antonio Brown that. So Antonio Brown went back at Mayock. Mayock went back at Antonio Brown. They screamed at each other. Antonio Brown's like, I want to punch you in the face right now. And said, punted a football half the field. He got sent home. And
2: that's what we know. And didn't he say, fine me for that after he punted the football? Fine me for that! (laughs) Something like that. That is something worth being fined for. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Antonio Brown. There's clearly some screws loose, you know, for Antonio Brown. I mean, everything that's been going on throughout this. This preseason and this training camp from the helmet to the feet to the blonde mustache to the hair. I mean, I don't know. There's something going on with him. And and it seems like, you know, he might end up getting suspended here. You know, Adam Schefter uh, describing this combination of Mike Mayock and Antonio Brown as combustible. So I don't know what's going to happen. I know there was a report as well that they might be able to void his guaranteed money. Like, Antonio Brown is not going to like that. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if... We don't see Antonio Brown play another game in the NFL, Greg. And I know that's like the extreme side of things, but it just wouldn't surprise me one bit with everything that's going on, or at least in in an Oakland Raiders uniform. So suspension pending right now. A lot of people asking me on Twitter, is it going to be this week? You know, there's still a lot up in the air, but it looks like the suspension might start this week with everything that's going on. I can't imagine Mike Mayak being like, all right, you you know, you threatened to punch me. There's a lot going on here. We're still going to play you in week one, though, because we're trying to win. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. And as a result, Greg, obviously the overall offense takes a hit here for the yeah. Oakland Raiders, but everybody is rushing to the waiver wire right now to pick up Tyra Williams, to pick up Hunter Renfro. Hell, we were one of the people who were downstairs we just now in a first-come, 1st serve league. We'll we
1: tell that story right after the We're
2: trying to pick up Hunter Renfro. So, look, I'm not saying drop anybody of value, but if you have a wide receiver five, a wide receiver six on your bench— who's just sitting around, who you don't really plan to start, maybe just an upside shot. Drop that player for a Hunter Renfro or a Tyrell Williams, just in case, because if Antonio Brown doesn't play, that's your wide receiver one and wide receiver two for the Oakland Raiders. And Darren Waller certainly fits the conversation Absolutely. as well. At, at the, at end position. After Jared Cook just had a monster season for the Oakland Raiders as well, so we know that John Gruden likes to incorporate the tight end, and Darren Waller, someone who has got, he's got the hard knocks boost, there's no doubt about it. Uh, but based on the way that John Gruden runs this offense, could be a lot of upside for Darren Waller as well.
1: Yeah, listen, the Raiders are going to throw the ball to somebody, and we all think they're going to be better in year two of the John Gruden era. I'm not so sure, but a lot of people think they're going to be better. And if Antonio Brown is not around, he's not playing, well, Tyrell Williams becomes their number one wide receiver. But we've never seen him do that. We've never seen him be uh, capable of being all over the field. He's a great deep threat. He's awesome on the outside, but can he do everything this offense needs? I don't know. Last year, Derek Carr was constantly ransacked inside the pocket, right? Like, he couldn't get the ball off. He was constantly destroyed. How do you fix that? With a really good slot receiver. That's why I wanted to run out and go pick up Hunter Renfro off the waiver wire in a first-come, first-serve league. Because when you have all of these lottery tickets on your bench anyway, why not get one that may pay off immediately this coming Monday night? The Antonio Brown situation, it's real, people. Like, this is not something where will he or won't he play like Zeke or even Antonio Brown earlier this year, like... You knew the helmet situation would get worked out because there's enough money that it would get worked out. But what you have to remember, it always comes down to money. Jerry Jones is going to pay Ezekiel Elliott. He was going to get his money. The Chargers owners, the Spanos, they're not going to pay Melvin Gordon. He's not going to get his money. When it comes to Antonio Brown, if they wind up suspending him, they could avoid the $30 million left on Antonio Brown's contract. They could say, you know what? He is not worth this nonsense. It's about the money. There's $30 million hanging in the balance with Antonio Brown. That's why I believe it's real. That's why I'm running to pick up Hunter Renfro, Tyrell Williams, and Darren Waller, because I think there's a legitimate chance Antonio Brown never sees the field for the Oakland Raiders. Let's take a break here. We'll come back and tell you the Hunter Renfro story on the other side. Waiting for tonight, indeed, the Bears and the Packers kick off the 100th season of the NFL. It's kind of crazy to think about. it. 2019, or, or I'm sorry, 1919, 1920 was the first season of the NFL, not even what you think about uh, with the NFL right now. Coming a long way, the oldest rivalry, certainly, in the NFL between Chicago uh, and Green Bay. It re-go- re-begins uh, tonight. You know, Aaron Rodgers has not thrown a touchdown in Chicago since 2015.
2: I did not know that, Greg, so that's a nice little fun fact for tonight, and we'll get into that game a little bit later on. I have a few props that I like for that game as well, we'll break it down from a complete fantasy perspective, letting you know who, who you should start, where I have these players ranked for this week as well, uh, but before that, Greg, you wanted to reveal a little story I did. regarding Hunter Renfro.
1: So I came downstairs right after filming a couple of FanDuel videos, and I immediately go to Frank and I'm like, Frank, I want to pick up Hunter Renfro, and I was not saying who it was, because there's some people that are in our league that are in the room, and I wanted to be... Clear, like, I wanted to be transparent to Frank, but I didn't want anybody else to know what was going on. So, I'm like, I want to pick 100 for NFL. He's like, I agree, because I'm sure we have someone to drop. And the two most obvious candidates to drop on our team were Albert Wilson and Kenny Stills. One current Miami receiver, one former uh, Miami wide receiver. So, Frank's like, oh, man, the, the offside with Kenny Stills, like, with, with the Houston Texans, I, I don't want to drop him. The Texans are, oh. Okay, so how about we drop Albert Wilson? Oh, man, Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. I was like, all right, do you not want Hunter Renfro there? He said, no, I, I do. I think we got to pick him up. I go, all right, Frank, who do you want to drop? He I, I don't know. Let me ask Siri. I go, but I, I have an opinion. <laughs> I, I want to drop somebody. I want to, like, oh, who do you want to drop? I go, honestly, I'll drop both of them if I had my choice. I, I, I guess Albert Wilson, but, like, I really don't feel strongly either way. Like, if you want to drop Stills, like, that's cool, too. Uh, it doesn't matter. He's like, okay, so I'm going to ask Siri. I'm like, so just to clarify. <laughs> I want to drop a player, but you'd rather take Siri's advice on which player to drop than my own. Right. So he asked Siri. Siri agreed with me uh, to drop Albert Wilson. You agreed with Siri. And uh, Albert Wilson's no longer on our team.
2: Yeah, it's a tough call, too. I mean, this is what we're talking about when you want to pick up Hunter Renfro or Tyrell Williams right now with everything going on with Antonio Brown. I do think that Albert Wilson has upside. and There's been... He's been a popular player you know, amongst the fantasy industry. Scott Barrett putting out a lot of tweets and stats regarding Albert Wilson. The fact that he's going to play the slot for the Miami Dolphins. And Ryan Fitzpatrick as a starting quarterback in the NFL has targeted the slot wide receivers heavily. So there is some upside with Albert Wilson. And then when it comes to Kenny Stills, I guess, yeah, as of now, he's probably the number four wide receiver on the depth chart, but Kiki QT has not been able to stay healthy. Will Fuller is not the model of health either. So if anything happens to either one of those guys... You have a starting wide receiver for the Houston Texans in Kenny Stills in one of the most explosive offenses in football. So, I mean, these are the type of decisions that we're going to have all season long. But, alas, here we go. Week one, Antonio Brown drama still upon us. Uh, So we're trying to pick up Hunter Renfro. These are some of the decisions that you're going to be faced with. Ultimately, we ended up dropping Albert Wilson. Time will tell if we made the right decision, Greg. Or rather, if Siri made the right decision.
1: Of course. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. The, uh... Uh, time will tell for, for Siri and for us, ultimately, Frank. Antonio Brown, now out. For now. Of course, they could reverse course and say the media was lying. Fake news.
2: Yeah, it's not like we've ever seen anyone else do that before, Greg. I don't know what you're talking about, Frank. Yeah, was, I'm saying they wouldn't be the first. They won't be the last, for no, sure. No,
1: no. They, they will won't. not be the last. No, certainly not. All righty, Frankie. Um, other big news from yesterday. We're going to get into it more so in about five minutes. And that's what Stefan Diggs ma- magically not practicing yesterday.
2: Oh,
1: my gosh. Heard his, ha- heard his hamstring, as it later came out, was the only Vikings player not to practice. Virginia will hopefully have an update for us in a little bit.
2: Yeah, Stefan Diggs, one that popped up yesterday. Nick Foles as well, dealing with an abdominal strain. Um, so we'll find out about that. Because we're excited about D.D. Westbrook, right? And you know, I tweeted about Marquise Lee yesterday. Greg, are we forgetting a little bit about Marquise Lee? Because it seemed like the last time we saw him play, 2017, he was actually finally starting to come into his own. We've seen this where you know USC-wide receivers, they're very talented, but they don't necessarily hit right off the bat, unless your name is Juju Smith-Schuster. But Robert Woods got off to a slow start with the Buffalo Bills, you know, he found his way eventually, obviously, with the Los Angeles Rams, everything that he's been doing. Uh, but Marquise Lee came out of USC and was a highly regarded prospect. His first couple of years with the Jaguars didn't necessarily come to fruition, but then in 2017, he started to break out a little bit. He played 14 games that year. In seven out of 14 games, he had 65 or more receiving yards. That was with Blake Bortles as his quarterback. So, you know, I tweeted this out yesterday. You know, with Nick Foles, who can be semi competent, I think at least more competent than Blake Bortles has been. The fact that he has worked with John Filippo, like, there is a little bit of upside there in the passing game with the Jacksonville Jaguars. D.D. Westbrook, undoubtedly the wide receiver one. Are we forgetting a little bit too much about Marquise Lee, Greg? So I think Marquise Lee kind of falls in that Marquise Goodwin
1: territory for me, where he's probably starting for his team. He's seemingly healthy, and I think he's going to be productive. And I get the D.D. Westbrook love that Nick Foles falls in love with his slot receivers. It makes plenty of sense to me. But Marquise Lee is extremely and supremely talented. Yeah, it didn't happen right away for him. He was outshined by the Allens, Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson. Marquise Lee was kind of third. Then when D.D. Westbrook burst on the scene, we weren't really interested in Marquise Lee anymore. Well, Marquise Lee is good. He's shown that before. And I know everyone's excited. Certainly more proven than D.J. Chark exactly or what I was
2: say. Know, Chris Conley, for that matter.
1: Exactly what I was going to say. I know people are excited about D.J. Chark, and... They're kind of interested. I think it's Venture that likes Chris Conley. Marquise Lee's done it before. And if he is healthy, and it seems like he is, we haven't really seen it yet, but it seems like he is. Marquise Lee is worth watching. I'm not running out and spending fab on the first waiver run of Marquise Lee. I don't think you need to do that.
2: But it's certainly interesting. It's certainly interesting. I'm happy you brought up fab, Greg, because we actually had our first fab run last night in GST. I mean, this is a competitive league. Over $300 buy-in myself, you, and uh, Florida, we share a team together. Team BFF, of course. Let's go. Uh, but we're going up against other people on the network here with Dane Martinez, Speeds, a spin statistician, and we have Adam Ronis in this league as well. And Speed spent some cash last night. That's exactly what I wanted to bring up. He spent $244 out of his $1,000 FAB budget on Marquise Lee. And he actually liked my tweet yesterday, so I might have had some influence there, but were you surprised to see for him go for that much? Nearly a quarter of his fab budget goes to Marquise Lee, Greg. Yeah, I
1: was shocked to see him spend that much money in, in the first fab run. I was shocked to see how much Kobe Brissett went in a one-quarterback league. Like, that really surprised me. Um, I think it was the Andrew Luck owner, so he's probably desperate. But, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, listen, the, if $1,000, essentially, Dane spent 24% of it on Marquise Lee, maybe was just because I really like our team, Frank, but it seems
2: like a lot yeah, it did seem like a lot, and you know a few other bids that I'll just bring these up real quick to let you guys know like what's going on in I guess expert high stakes leagues. Dary Ogumbawale. this draft went down, I think in the second week of August, so this was really before Ogumbawale became a thing. He goes for eighty six dollars last night, so between eight and nine percent of fab budget here. Uh, In a full-point PPR league, Frank Gore goes for $80 as well, so 8% of budget. Demarius Thomas, $44. We get Darren Waller for $23, Greg, because we have Vance McDonald as our starting tight end, and that's fine. We like Vance McDonald as our tight end, but Darren Waller rising up some draft boards. There's some excitement there, and this was really before all the Antonio Brown news came out, so to get Darren Waller for just about 2% of our budget, feel pretty damn good about that, Greg.
1: Yeah, I feel awesome about it. Darren Waller, uh, listen, I'm confident in Vance McDonald, but I spoke about Hunter Renfro a second ago. That, I feel like I won him in GST also. But um, Waller is a guy that could put up Jared Cook like numbers. Like we wanted a backup tight end. Ultimately, that was you know someone we were looking at. So I'm happy about it.
2: If you had to put in a fab bid right now for Hunter Renfro yeah. in a full PPR league, because there might be people who still have fab run over the weekend on Saturday night or or Sunday morning, whatever it might be. What do you think is a fair amount? Because I mean, the first thing that's come to my mind is like. Three to five percent. Yep. Maybe if you're an Antonio Brown owner, you're a little bit more aggressive. Yep. Like six or seven percent. So
1: the number that immediately came to mind when I was four percent. Okay. So, so between three and five. So about that is between four, three yeah, and five. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. I was actually going to be between four and six percent. So it's a little bit. I mean, it's a four percent on the low range. Listen, I don't know if I Hunter Redford's is going to win you a fantasy football league, right? Like I, I recognize that, yep. but I think he could have some value. Like I, I think that Derek Carr could feel some affinity to this guy. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially a slot receiver someone reliable over the middle of the field. That's where Derek Carr leaned last year with Jared Cook. Jared Cook doing a lot of his damage, you know, in the middle of the field, you know, not really taking a lot of shots downfield. You know, that's not really been Derek Carr's MO in his career so far. So, you know, we like Tyro Williams because you know, there could be a decent amount of target share there for him. But I think someone like Hunter Renfro matches Derek Carr's skill set more than somebody like Tyro Williams. And I'll even throw his name out there. If anything were to happen to Antonio Brown, J.J. Nelson is probably the other starting wide receiver probably on so. the outside. It's probably J.J. and Tyra Williams with Renfro in the slot.
1: Absolutely. When we come back, we're going to hear more not about Antonio Brown, but about Stephon Diggs. We'll tell you what's up with him, with Virginia, as she joins us for Inside Injuries, coming up next. Do you want two risk free wagers up to $1,000? Go to slash grid and open up a pointsbet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, pointsbet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the Chicago Bears tonight, Minus three, and they beat the Packers by seven. You'll receive seven times your stake. It's pointsbet.com slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID, and you'll get two risk-free bets. Sum up to $2,000. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. All right, Frank, it's that time of the week. We're joined by our good buddy, Virginia Zakis of
3: Inside Injuries. What's happening, Virginia? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's going on? Not too much. Today's a good day. One of the best of the year. It is,
1: it is like almost like Christmas Eve for many, where it's like a little taste, it's kind of exciting, and then three days from now, it's Christmas.
2: Pretty good analogy. I appreciate that, Greg.
1: You know, I don't actually understand it, but that's what I've been told.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's why I appreciate it even more.
1: My pleasure, my man. All right, let me start with the breaking news here, Virginia, from yesterday. And That was that Stefan Diggs mispracticed with a hamstring injury. We have heard nothing about that until he didn't practice yesterday. What's going on with Stefan Diggs?
3: Yeah. So unfortunately I have no idea what's happening <laughs> today. I think that's going to tell us a lot. Um, uh, he obviously missed practice yesterday. It kind of came out of nowhere. Um, he doesn't have a history of hamstring injuries. There was no sign of an injury earlier in the preseason. Um, I'm hoping he's experiencing just a little bit of tightness and they wanted to play it safe with him yesterday, but obviously it's never good to start off the week with the DNP. With an injury that's come out of nowhere. Uh, So I am a little bit concerned. Um, If he's back in a limited practice today, I'll probably feel a lot better about it. If he's another DNP today, I'm going to be very concerned. Um, Like I said, no history of hamstring strains, but he has suffered groin strains in the past, a hip injury, and a knee injury. So it's not like he's been completely injury free um, throughout the last few years. Um, So right now, With the little information we have, we're showing that this is a grade one minor hamstring strain, hoping it's nothing more. Um, He's a high injury risk. His HPF is also below average. Um, I think it would be very, very risky to start him this weekend unless you really don't have other wide receiver options, um, unless he's, you know, full participant today and tomorrow and really says he's good to go.
1: Savon Diggs, normally, Frankie, you see a Wednesday mispractice, you're just like, "Mm, that's annoying, we'll just keep an eye on it. But now it's just like the first practice and like, oh my God, what do yeah. you mean he's
2: not practicing It's Wednesday? week
1: one. It's under a microscope. Everyone's paying attention. Ultimately, if he practices today, no issue.
2: Yeah, at least we need to at least get one practice in before the week is up. If we go three straight DMPs and we get to Friday, it's not going to be looking good for Stefan Diggs for week one. And there's not even another wide receiver that we can really just look at the Vikings roster and say, okay, well, we'll pick up this guy because he's going to fill in for Stefan Diggs. They have Chad Beebe on the roster. They just acquired Josh Doxon as well, who has played with Kirk Cousins in the past, but you know he's not up to speed in terms of their playbook. So uh, There's not really a person that you would just plug and play when it comes to the Minnesota Vikings. Virginia, someone that I do have on my roster, in case Stephon Diggs does not play, and I asked you about this player last week, I'm hoping the news gets a little bit better, because he did practice on a limited basis yesterday, is Dante Pettis. Are things looking better for Dante Pettis this week? Because he has a Beautiful matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
3: So we're sh- we're showing that he's still a high injury risk um, and his healthy-to-return date is around week two. So ideally, he would actually miss the game this week just to be safe, get his groin fully healed, um, and then be good to go for week two. But he did get into limited practice yesterday. It looks like he's on track to play as long as he doesn't suffer any setbacks. Um, but one of the reasons I'm concerned here is that First off, groin strains are very easily aggravated. Um, Even if it's just a little tightness sometimes, it doesn't take much to turn that into a more serious strain. And then he also battled multiple lower body injuries last year. Um, A couple, you know, somewhat concerning knee injuries. No surgery or anything, um, but he's, you know, he has had some injuries in his past. So he's someone to watch closely. If he plays this weekend, high injury risk. Um, But I think he should be good by next week.
1: Update. Sorry for just kind of just bursting in here like this, but... As Virginia was on the screen, I just gave it a massive fist pump. Uh, Stefan Diggs, back at practice today for the Minnesota Vikings, people!
2: Looking very good here, Greg. It's exactly what we needed to see, so uh, all things looking good as of right now. Stephon
1: Diggs. All things looking good for Stephon Diggs. How are you feeling uh, about your boy Dante Pettis after that update?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot It's a lot similar to, uh, it's very similar to uh, last week, what Virginia had regarding Dante Pettis, so... I hope that he's good to go. I hope that they don't rush him out there. I don't want him to try, like, you know, potentially re injure this groin injury. But it is a really, really good matchup. So it's kind of a coin toss here, Greg.
1: Something else that popped up on the injury report right after I drafted this guy everywhere is Trey Quinn, who's battling something. What's Trey Quinn battling here in Virginia, and how serious is it?
3: Yeah, so we um, are showing Trey Quinn still with a grade two thumb injury. Um, It's been almost four weeks since he was hurt, so I actually think he should be okay. Um, There hasn't been too much doubt coming from the Redskins uh, over the last few weeks about his week one availability, Um, and as far as I can tell, he was a full participant yesterday. Seems like he should be good to go. Um, We still have him as an elevated injury risk, but his health performance factor is back in the peak category, Um, so I think you can start him with confidence.
2: Trey Quinn. It's looking good for Trey Quinn, Greggy. Another, well, this isn't a uh Trey Quinn is not a rookie, but a, a, a moving over to a rookie. DK Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks is still returning from this knee injury, and he did practice yesterday on a limited basis. The reason why we're watching this so closely is they have a pretty damn good matchup going up against the Cincinnati Bengals here. So, Virginia, should we expect DK Metcalf to play in week one, and will he be 100%?
3: It's looking like he's going to play, but I really don't think he should. Um, He had, you know, minor knee surgery just two weeks ago. Um, You know, the team said all along it's possible to return in two weeks, but it's just not smart, especially week one of the season. Um, I just, I really don't understand their thinking here. I don't know why you'd rush somebody back, even if it really is a minor surgery. It's still surgery. Um, Could have been anything from just, um, you know, a slight meniscus tear that they trimmed, cleaning up a little cartilage. So, you know, I'm not too concerned long term, but this is not something you should rush back from in just two weeks. Um, We actually are showing a week five healthy to return date. So over the next month, um, I would not be surprised at all if he suffers some sort of a setback along the way. Um, His injury risk right now is high and his health performance factor is still poor and will be for at least the next few weeks. So there's no way he's anywhere near 100 percent right now. Um, He's probably feeling all right, but you know, playing in a game is nothing like, you know, running some routes at practice. So pretty concerned about him, but I do think he's going to give it a go.
2: Tyler Lockett on a rocket to the moon, Greggy. Let's go. Where where did you decide to get that from? I'm just excited about Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett on a rocket. That's not what I was thinking at all, Greg. That's what you said, man. I I, I wasn't trying uh, intentionally to rhyme or anything. Uh It's just he has been moving up draft boards very quickly. Tyler Lockett on a rocket you have a question for Virginia? I
1: do have a question.
2: Virginia Zakis from Inside Injuries.
1: And Virginia, we asked you last week uh, about Robbie Anderson and the latest on him. Adam Gaines said, hey, we're just being cautious with this guy. He's going to play this weekend. Is that a smart decision?
3: Um, So we're actually showing a week two healthy to return date. Um, He's still a high injury risk, but his HPF has improved from below average, or I'm sorry, from four to now being below average. Um, he's actually right on the cusp of moving into a bug average so that's telling me that I actually think he might be able to play pretty well this weekend but that high injury risk is pretty concerning these lower body muscular strains especially for a quick wide receiver these are very easily aggravated and they can really affect their performance on the field um the calf is heavily involved in pushing off running routes accelerating um things that are very important for a guy like Anderson to be successful um I also wouldn't be surprised if they have him on a snap count this week just because he hasn't been practicing a ton over the last few weeks. Um, But if he he can make it through this week without any sort of a setback, he should be okay moving forward.
2: Yeah, I'm a little scared about Robbie Anderson this week, Greg, because not only is he dealing with this injury, it doesn't seem that he's 100%. I know he's been practicing or whatever, but... He's going up against Tredavious White as well. He scored a touchdown last year on a broken play against Trey White, but overall, Trey White, one of the best cover corners in the league, so not a great matchup, not 100%. I have Robbie Anderson outside my top 40 wide receivers this week, which might be aggressive, but I just really, really don't like the situation going on there. Virginia, earlier on in the show, we were talking about Marquise Lee, and I guess this isn't really much for Week 1. It's just for the entirety of the season. He's coming back from a devastating knee injury. What do the algorithm say regarding Marquise Lee? Is he healthy to return now? Is he going to be good to go in week one? Or is this one of those things where he's slowly going to have to be built up through game speed and we're not going to get you know a full go on Marquise Lee until you know maybe a month into the season?
3: Yeah, I think it's going to be a slow comeback for Lee. Um, he's, not only did he suffer a torn ACL, but he also tore his PCL. Um, it's always, you know, when players tear two ligaments in their knee, um, it's very concerning. The MCL tends to heal slightly quicker than the PCL um, it's pretty serious it's a ligament that runs down the back of the knee so the fact that he tore both of these means that his recovery is going to take well over a year um, realistically he's not going to be you know back at full speed until the end of the season um, it's just such a tough injury to come back from um, I was really surprised to see him listed as a full participant yesterday um, hopefully he's back as an FP today because that means he wouldn't have had any setbacks but You know, I think we need to keep expectations in check with him. I think it's likely that he suffers some setbacks along the way, um, maybe deals with some swelling throughout the season, other compensatory injuries like little hamstring strain, tweaks his ankle. Um, You know, this is is just so tough to come back from. And realistically, he's not ever going to get back to a low injury risk at any time during the season.
2: Well, another swing and miss for me. (laughs) (laughs) I tried. That was awesome. I tried. I'm sorry, Frank. That was, <laughs> uh, that, that was awesome. Hopefully, you, you'll have better luck.
1: I will try my best right now. Ask
2: about a player I like. Come on.
1: Talking about Virginia Zakis of Inside Injuries. We have one minute. Someone ask about a player that I like, and that's Cam Newton. Cam even on the injury report, Virginia. This is an easy win for me, right?
3: Eh, not quite. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, good to see him back at practice, you know, full participant. Um, I'm not overly concerned about his foot sprain now. We're still showing a healthy to return date in week two. So there's still a little bit of a concern, but you know, as long as he doesn't suffer a setback next week, he should be okay. But I am still also concerned about his shoulder. Um, He remains a high injury risk, unfortunately.
1: That's disappointing.
2: Swing and miss for you too, Greg. We should probably just not play baseball or anything like that. Football? Maybe football. We'll set up a company match. Let's go.
1: Virginia Sakis, inside injuries. We'll appreciate the time. I'll talk to you next week.
3: I'm good. Thank you.
1: All right. When we come back, Paris Packers will preview it tonight and make a pick. Stick around. Tonight, the Green Bay Packers are in Chicago to take on the Chicago Bears. Bears are a three-point favorite in this one. As I mentioned earlier, Aaron Rodgers has not thrown a touchdown in the city of Chicago since 2015. Frank, what are you thinking tonight?
2: I do think this is going to be a competitive game. I think there's going to be a lot to learn from this game as well. I want to really pay attention to the Green Bay Packers offense. Specifically, their pass-to-run ratio with Matt LaFleur now calling the plays for the Green Bay Packers. They've been talking about potentially running the ball more now with Matt LaFleur than ever before in Aaron Rodgers' career. So, I'm interested to see how Aaron Rodgers is going to react to that. I still have Aaron Rodgers ranked inside my top eight quarterbacks tonight, Greg, overall. Aaron Jones, really tough matchup tonight going up against the Chicago Bears. They were the best defense against the run last year, specifically going up against running backs, Greg. So
1: let me start with Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback spot. And I I know a lot of people don't necessarily have this conundrum as they would have last year, but our boy Martino, who works for us on Saturday's College Football Today, texted me earlier this morning. He goes, who would you start? Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson? What would you do, Frank?
2: Uh, So I actually have these players back-to-back and have Lamar Jackson one spot higher.
1: So I told him, listen, Aaron Rodgers in Chicago... Lamar Jackson in Miami? I'm starting Lamar Jackson,
2: man. It is close, though. I don't want to make it sound like it's just some slam dunk. You know, looking at the Miami Dolphins' defense, the one strength of their defense is the secondary, right? So they still have Xavier Howard. They still have Minka Fitzpatrick. uh, They have Rashad Jones there as the safety. So the Dolphins' secondary is... A strong one. I don't want to downplay that, but Lamar Jackson, his rushing upside. You know, we've talked about this all offseason. You know, we as high as we were on Lamar Jackson in terms of where to draft him. And any other week, when Aaron Rodgers is not facing the number one defense from the year before, you're probably going with Aaron Rodgers. But for week one, based on that, I would go with Lamar Jackson uh, ahead of Aaron Rodgers. I have Jackson as my seventh ranked quarterback. I have Aaron Rodgers as my eighth ranked. Quarterback, Craig. Where do you want to go next? Do you want to go position by position? Do you want to break it down from a betting so, perspective? So I like
1: what you were doing, right? You brought up Aaron Jones and what we could expect uh, from this Bears defense tonight. Aaron Jones was drafted by so many as a uh, RV 2 potentially an RV one depending on how your team shook out, uh, in the third round. You said we have to manage the expectations tonight for Aaron Jones against the Bears. What I'm looking for uh, ultimately is how Matt Lafleur is going to use him. Like we believe Aaron Jones is his number one running back. We drafted him uh, as our RV two Frank in the GST. Or sorry, we didn't. We had Devontae Freeman, but like we've drafted Aaron Jones uh, before, and we expect a lot. Like I'm very interested to see how Lafleur uses him tonight.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and this is goes back to what I was just talking about. How I want to see. This Green Bay Packers offense deployed tonight and how much they're going to run versus pass and how much is Aaron Jones really involved because we've been banging the table for years now for Aaron Jones to become the workhorse. Now I don't know that that has to necessarily happen. I think if we keep Aaron Jones in his 16 to 18 touch roll, that's perfectly fine. I don't know that his body can actually withstand him, you know, getting 20 plus touches per game. I still have Aaron Jones ranked as my RB19 going into week one. Just behind, if you have this dilemma, I have David Montgomery just ahead of him, Austin Eckler just ahead of him, your boy Sony Michelle just ahead of Aaron Jones as well, just because it is one of the toughest matchups on paper. You know, the Chicago Bears were the number one ranked defense against opposing running backs last year from a fantasy perspective. Well,
1: I, but I do know that one of the things that we're looking at here is... Vic Fangio and what uh, him being the head coach in Denver, what that's going to do to this defense is another question we're going to have to ask ourselves.
2: Yeah, and I think ultimately that affects the pass catchers more. I was actually talking with uh, Gabe Morenci downstairs about this earlier, and he said, you know, Chuck Pagano comes in as the defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears now, and he plays more of a man to man scheme, whereas, you know, Vic Fangio would move players all over the place. He would, you know, really get inside the mind of opposing quarterbacks in, ter- in terms of changing up his looks and using more zone schemes as well. So I'm going to pay attention to that, but ultimately. I think that we're going to learn a lot about the Bears defense tonight, too, Greg, because if they're in more man to man tonight, Devontae Adams is going to eat. We knew that, like, Devontae Adams ate against everybody last year anyway. I don't care whether it's, you know, Kyle Fuller, whether it's Prince Mukamara. If you put one of those players one on one against Devontae Adams, he's going to eat. And you know what? To be honest, he's probably going to eat anyway, but I think that there might be some upside in someone like an MVS or a Geronimo Allison tonight because of that. I still kind of want to take a wait-and-see approach just to see who plays more between those guys, who has a better rapport with Aaron Rodgers tonight between those two wide receivers. So I don't have them inside my top 36, but if the Chicago Bears defense is playing a lot of man coverage tonight, Greg, one of those guys, if not both of them, could break away and have some big performances. That's the
1: other thing I'm really looking for tonight, almost more than anything, Frank. Like... Devontae Adams is going to get his. Like, he has more red zone targets than anybody in the NFL over the last couple
2: of years, right? Past three years. He's exactly. led in, in red zone uh, targets and receiving touchdowns overall. So, I'm not concerned about Devontae Adams. I'm not
1: looking at Devontae Adams. Like, Devontae Adams is going to get his. I love Devontae Adams. Everybody knows that. But that other thing that you mentioned, that these second Packers wide receiver, depending on the man-to-man coverage, or even if they're in the zone, like, which one of these will be the heavily targeted guy? Which player will be in the, two, in the two wide receiver sets? We assume it's MVS and Geronimo Allison in the slot. We assume a lot going into tonight. I am high on both Packers wide receivers. I've drafted both in a league. That is one of the things I am looking forward to more than anything else tonight, is snap counts for these wide receivers and who is targeted more, where, and when, ultimately. You know who's a player that could pop tonight? Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham can be the the uh, ghost of Jimmy Graham. Seriously, Jimmy Graham's going to be the dude. I see it now. That out of nowhere has seven catches for eighty five and a touch tonight, and everyone's like, "Why did we not draft Jimmy Graham? He's with the Packers. It's a it's a uh, coach. He's washed. It's a coach that's not as stupid as Matt Michael McCarthy. Like that's where this is headed tonight. That's going to be. I can easily see that being a narrative tonight for Greenback.
2: It might actually become a thing, but you know I'm not going to start him in my lineups. You know I have him ranked inside my top twelve, outside my top fifteen as well. You know the Bears defense was good against tight ends last year. And, you know there are things that are different now. You know they've lost a safety as well, and we're trying to project forward when it comes to the Chicago Bears defense. So ultimately, if I if Jimmy Graham ends up having a big game and it's on my bench or on the waiver wire, I'm not going to end up kicking myself for that. As I mentioned, still have Aaron Jones as a low end RB two. Uh, when it comes to Geronimo Allison versus MVS, if you had to choose between one, if you know you just have to make that decision, I would still lean with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I'm going to remain consistent with my thought process throughout draft season. I think when they're in two wide receiver sets, MVS is the, is the other wide receiver on the opposite side of Devontae Adams. When they go into three wide receiver sets, then Geronimo Allison is on the field playing the slot. So if I had to choose one of those, it would be MVS. But overall, I really am looking forward to seeing how these guys are deployed. And ultimately, I really want to see. I'm more intrigued by the Packers tonight than I am the Bears. You know, I, I'm going to be paying attention to David Montgomery very closely, obviously, the Bears defense, how well they do without Vic Fangio. But the Packers defense, Greg, they made a lot of additions in the offseason. And that's why a lot of people are actually excited about the Packers this year, potentially competing in the NFC North. One of the toughest divisions. We went over that yesterday, but they have a lot of additions to defense. So I want to see ultimately, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Hasn't been to the playoffs in a while. He's only won one Super Bowl in his career because, for the most part, he has not had a good defense, Craig. So I'm really going to be paying close attention to that as well. I think that basically wraps it up on the Green Bay Packers side in terms of their offensive pieces for fantasy tonight. You're starting Rodgers. He's a top-eight quarterback. You're starting Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones, you know, if you have better options. You're starting Aaron Jones. He's a low-end RB, two for me. You don't have a better
1: option, most likely.
2: I mean, look, if you started with you know three of your first four picks as running backs, you might have a David Montgomery, Greg. You might have a Sony Machine. We'll get to David Montgomery in just one second.
1: Yep. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I, I, I doubt it. Uh, I'm not starting MBS and Geronimo Allison in the league I have him. I'm taking the wait and see approach ultimately there. Let me move on. Um, last thing on the Packers. Uh, Gabe said it this morning. I want to kind of follow up. He likes the Packers in this game in general. And he likes. Devont- I do like
2: the Packers as well. Moneyline, and
1: he likes Devonte. I agree with that. And he likes Devonte Adams to score the first touchdown.
2: Yeah, really. I like that as well. You know, it's plus seven fifty. You're getting seven and a half to one on your money. Um, it's a great bet. We just we went over that. Obviously, you know, running backs are probably more likely to score touchdowns if you get down on the goal line. But based on the way that Devontae Adams has scored touchdowns the past couple of years, the way that he did last year, at least 90 yards or a touchdown in every single game last year, Devontae Adams was the most consistent fantasy-wide receiver. I actually like that bet a lot for uh, Devontae Adams to be the first touchdown scorer. I'll just throw a few other ones out there. Uh, I like Aaron Rodgers over his passing yardage number. I think it's 267. Based on last year, the guy was playing on one leg. He cleared that number both times he faced the Chicago Bears defense last season, and I expect this defense to actually take a step back. So I like the over on Aaron Rodgers' passing yardage prop tonight as well.
1: Let me go over to the Chicago Bears, where all eyes are going to be on this offense. Like the defense, yes, we talked about that a little bit earlier without a Vic Fangio. And it's crazy for those that use their early ra- early-ish round draft pick on the Bears defense, given it's a new coordinator, given that the best defense is rarely the same year-to-year. And given their schedule, you draft the Bears defense, you're going to play them against Aaron Rodgers week one.
2: Mm. And they face the AFC West this year, too. So they face the Chiefs, Jeez. they face the Chargers. Yeah. It's, you know, it's tough matchups this year. The Raiders, you know. <laughs> Good one, Greggy. Thanks, Frankie.
1: Did it all by myself. Um, Point being, we got the Bears defense, but it's the offense that I really want to take a look at. Has Mitchell Trubisky impressed? Has he gotten better as a starting quarterback over this past summer? Has he uh, learned from his mistakes in the past, and does Matt Nagy trust him more? Of course, the big question is also in that backfield with David Montgomery taking over for Jordan Howard. How many touches does David Montgomery get? What is Tariq Cohen's role? I know you, as we've gotten later in the draft season, Frank, have really gotten in on the David Montgomery hype on the train. Where is he in your weekly rankings?
2: Yeah, so I have him one spot higher than Aaron Jones, as I mentioned before. I have him at RB19. Mentioned that the Green Bay Packers have made a lot of additions to their defense, but overall... And I still want to see it first before I trust it. So they're talking of David Montgomery, how much they love him. They really started to treat him as the starter as preseason went along. Greg, not using him much in the preseason games. Everyone's so excited about him. Matt Nagy talking about how they got potentially have the steal of the draft in David Montgomery. Really like his over on the prop tonight. They're setting his rushing line at 58.5. I like the over. I like the over for his rushing carries as well. I believe the number is 13.5. Rushing attempts for David Montgomery, 13 and a half. I like the over on both his rushing attempts and his rushing yards tonight. Wouldn't surprise me if he gets in the end zone. Not sure how much he's going to be using the passing game right out of the gate. Yep. They've been talking about him being more of a complete running back than somebody like Jordan Howard. Tariq Cohen, I have more so as a flex. Not really excited about Tariq Cohen just from the season long. Better best ball play. He's going to have games where he goes absolutely bananas this year, but those games might come when they're on when he's on your bench. You know, he's just a very unpredictable player. Yes, he can score from anywhere on the field, but on a week-to-week basis, you don't know if Tariq Cohen is giving you 12, 13 touches or if he's only getting 6, 7, 8 touches. So, it's going to be game flow dependent, it's going to be matchup dependent. Uh Tariq Cohen is a flex for me tonight. I do like David Montgomery more than him. I like David Montgomery more than Aaron Jones as well. He's the running back I like most in tonight's matchup, Greg.
1: Right, there you go, David Montgomery. I'm really interested to find out about Tariq Cohen tonight, Frankie. What is Tariq Cohen's role? Is it really going to be minimized, or are we going to see Tariq Cohen unleash tonight? The other player I'm really watching, and it's because I drafted him, I have shares when I was high on him, is Anthony Miller. He's supposedly healthy now from this shoulder injury. He's going to be right in that slot. I know Taylor Gabriel is still around, but Anthony Miller, in year two, what will his role in this offense be? I'm very excited to watch that.
2: Yeah, and that's probably the place that The Chicago Bears want to attack. Just in terms of the Bears' secondary, you know, Tremont Williams has been around for a long time, but he is their slot cornerback according to Pro Football Focus's wide receiver cornerback matchups here. The other one is Allen Robinson going up against Kevin King. That's one that they have highlighted as a plus matchup for Allen Robinson tonight. Jair Alexander is actually someone who has you know, looked pretty good early on in his career. He was an early draft pick at the cornerback position for the Green Bay Packers. PFF has Jair Alexander matched up with Taylor Gabriel tonight. So, uh, obviously, you know, I wasn't really on Allen Robinson as much as other people no, was, no, no. Greg. But I, I ended up getting Allen Robinson in two leagues. So, I do like him tonight. Want to pay attention to Anthony Miller in that slot because that is a desirable spot for fantasy.
1: We both are on the Packers tonight. Frank gave me some other bets as well. Enjoy the game. We'll be back to talk about everything tomorrow for Sunday. Man, we're there. Football's here. Enjoy the game tonight. Have a great evening. He's Frank Stample. I'm Greg Sussman. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. hope.
0: So what did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs.
1: The news broke uh, about an hour ago now, and that's the fact that Antonio Brown uh, may very well be at risk of a suspension by the Oakland Raiders here, as he was fined by the, by the Raiders for not practicing, not showing up. And he basically posted on Instagram, he'd take these fines and kiss my ass. And Mike Mayock... Well, Well, he didn't like that, and he told Antonio Brown that. So Antonio Brown went back at Mayock. Mayock went back at Antonio Brown. They screamed at each other. Antonio Brown's like, I want to punch you in the face right now, and said, punted a football half the field. He got sent
2: home, and that's what we know. And didn't he say, fine me for that after he punted the football? Fine me for that! (laughs) Something like that. That is something worth being fined for. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Antonio Brown. There's clearly some screws loose... You know, for Antonio Brown, I mean, everything that's been going on throughout this uh, this preseason and this training camp from the helmet to the feet to the blonde mustache to the hair. I mean, I don't know. There's something going on with him. And, and it seems like, you know, he might end up getting suspended here. You know, Adam Schefter uh, describing this combination of Mike Mayock and Antonio Brown as combustible. So I don't know what's going to happen. I know there was a report as well that they might be able to void his guaranteed money. Like Antonio Brown is not going to like that. Like, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if we don't see Antonio Brown play another game in the NFL, Greg. And I know that's like the extreme side of things, but it just wouldn't surprise me one bit with everything that's going on. Or at least in, a, in an Oakland Raiders uniform. So suspension pending right now. A lot of people asking me on Twitter, is it going to be this week? You know, there's still a lot up in the air, but it looks like the suspension might start this week with everything that's going on. I can't imagine Mike Mac being like, all right. You know, you know, you threatened to punch me. There's a lot going on here. We're still going to play you in week one, though, because we're trying to win. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. And as a result, Greg, obviously the overall offense takes a hit here for the yeah. Oakland Raiders, but everybody is rushing to the waiver wire right now to pick up Tyra Williams, to pick up Hunter Renfro. Hell, we were one of the people who were downstairs we just now in a first-come, 1st first serve league. Tell we're going we'll
1: tell that story right after the but We're
2: trying to pick up Hunter Renfro. So, look, I'm not saying drop anybody of value, but if you have a wide receiver five, a wide receiver six on your bench, who's just sitting around, who you don't really plan to start, maybe just an upside shot. Drop that player for a Hunter Renfro or a Tyrell Williams, just in case. Because if Antonio Brown doesn't play, that's your wide receiver one and wide receiver two for the Oakland Raiders. Darren Waller certainly fits the conversation as well. position after Jared Cook just had a monster season for the Oakland Raiders as well. So we know that John Gruden likes to incorporate the tight end. And Darren Waller, someone who has... Got, he's got the hard knocks boost. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but based on the way that John Gruden runs this offense, could be a lot of upside for Darren Waller as well.
0: Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, so